So my idea of big G versus little G, I guess I mean, I guess I would be okay with saying there's a big G, except for me, the big G God is also synonymous with the universe, the one with the capital O, Mm -hmm. um, the divine, all these things. And all those things are, are easy enough for me to define. I just had this this stigma against Judeo-Christian faith. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This week, I'm talking with Gina Molinari. Last season, Gina was on, and we talked about all things about her travel and her journeys through life. And she's home for a little bit. She's on a little mini retirement, recovering from a small medical procedure that we talk about in the episode. And I thought it would be fun to connect and chat with with Gina about everything that's going on. And the conversation's really a lot of fun. We talk about her travels. We talk about God, sex, love, dating, and the struggles with dating when you travel the world. It's a really fun conversation. Before we jump into that, though... I want to give myself a couple of plugs. Every Wednesday night, I teach a kundalini class at Yoga Brain in East Falls from 6 to 7 p.m. I try to squeeze in a little meditation at the end of class as well. I would love for you to come join us. Move your body, raise the vibration, and connect to all the goodness that's inside of you. Along with that, I am now offering private kundalini classes, both in-person and virtual private classes. So if you're somewhere far away, or maybe you just can't get into the city and you want to practice some kundalini yoga with me, we can now do that. I'm offering our private classes using technology. That's right. It's almost 2020. So why not take advantage to the technology that is at our fingertips? I'm also offering, I still have one or two more slots open for anyone that is looking for some guidance, some help, someone to hold them accountable in the world of manifesting, life coaching, transformational coaching. I'm on this new journey. I'm working with a couple people and I'm really, really loving it. And I have one or two more spots open to squeeze some people in. So if you're interested, uh, reach out, send me an email, joe at joelongophotography.com or joe at inspirecreatemanifest.com. First session is free, half hour to an hour, either phone call or FaceTime or Skype whatever to see if you know we would actually be a good fit to work together and to give you an idea of the process of of what this looks like like what is manifestation coaching what is creativity coaching what's transformational coaching is it all really the same i think it's all really the same and for the most part it's it's me listening to you and being here for you as a support being here as a cheerleader to you judgment-free to really help you move further in the direction of your heart move further in the direction of your dreams your passions your goals your bliss and that's different for everyone but sometimes we need a little bit of help being held accountable someone someone's cutting their grass right now because that's that's what happens on sunny fall days and 
big giant airplanes flying overhead. So with that, I'm going to wrap all of this up and we are going to jump into the episode. If you can, like and subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. It really helps get this podcast out in front of more people. And I'm going to shut up because the weed whacking and the lawn mowing is a little too much. So enjoy this episode. You can find out all the information about yoga classes, coaching, all that good stuff on my website, inspirecreatemanifest.com or joelongophotography.com. Now enjoy this episode with Gina and get out there and have the best day ever. What's up, everybody? We're in the woods today with Gina Molinari, and we're going to talk about, I don't even know what, all of the things. How are you? I'm super good. We're in the woods. We are. We're in the Wissahickon, typically where I take Stella for a walk. And magically, one day, the circle of rocks that we're sitting on just appeared. Someone said that they think people do drum circles here, but I've never... I wouldn't doubt that. What's happening? How are things? How's life? Life is really good, and I'm, I actually feel kind of like I'm in retirement right now, because um, I literally have nothing to do for an entire month. But that's a good thing, it's right? A great, it's a great thing. Um, I, I mean... I'll just I'll just talk about it now if you don't yeah, mind about no. so yeah so talk I had I had um I had a surgery on August twenty third so that's just a little over three weeks ago, and I thought I was going to be put out like I was talking to people I was reading about things like it's like an eight week minimum recovery and I'm like expletive I can't do that <laughs> so I I cleared out a whole month um, because I know I'm going to Columbia in October I'm like I'm just gonna clear out the whole month so I've actually been you know clearly we just walked into the woods not far from the road but like mm-hmm. I'm good like physically yeah, you I'm, seem really I'm so good and I I recovered way better than I thought I would whereas I thought I was gonna be pretty much like stuck in the house mm-hmm um, so it's cool because I'm I'm in this like I keep calling it retirement because I wake up when I want I don't have to do very much and then added bonus like my body is also like you can't do very much right so so it's just a nice space to be in I think it's really good to be able to have those spaces yeah. and there are times that I've sacrificed money for those spaces mm-hmm. just because I work for myself and I can actually just take some time to do nothing. Yeah. And it's really good if I don't let myself fall into a depression right. in those in those spots. Well, aren't we lucky too that we are able to do this? Like to put ourselves in our own retirement. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to call up a boss and be like, you know what, I think I'm just gonna take a month off. Right. Right. So super aware of the privilege of being like self-employed mm-hmm. so. and it's scary sometimes but i recently i've been talking about it a lot as well um and i, I just finished reading it and i'm literally going to start reading it again it's called the illusion of money by kyle cease okay. and it's just we've been taught that time is unlimited and money is limited but really it's the other way around time is so limited and money is unlimited. They're printing more money as we speak. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to go away. But for some reason, we're taught that we have all the time. You have all the time in the world. But really, maybe 100 years if you're lucky. Yeah. And out of those 100 years, you're really only like living like... 60s. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's True. It's like, do what you want. Like, stop 
sitting in that cube, letting someone you hate so tell true. you what to do. So true. So you might have some benefits. I just got offered a like in a random conversation a job by someone, I don't even know this woman's name, but a job to do, I used to be an insurance adjuster, mm-hmm. to go back into insurance adjusting. And and I said no faster than she finished her sentence offering me a job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, I got out of that world, like I'm making way less than 10,000 a year if I'm lucky. And I am so much happier. Thank you, but no. <laughs> right, yeah. It's um, like the joy of being able to do this, to sit in the woods. I don't know what today is, a Monday? It's a Monday, at, yeah, at like noon. Right. And this isn't a lunch break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, shoot, I don't have to get back to my desk. Yeah. And I've literally been starting to say Mondays are my day off, just so I actually schedule time where I'm really not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Because I've, especially in like this time of year, weekends I'm shooting or teaching or doing something like that Mm -hmm. and then I wake up on Monday and for some reason my mind still has this thought like oh you should be doing something instead of just saying no 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 stop it's so true I so after I had this surgery right before I had it I, I made a list of things and I think I titled it like like things things you can do and it wasn't a list of things I need to do. It was a list of things like um, read this book, mm-hmm. call this person, completely out of joy because I'm constantly making all these to-do lists about the things that must get done and forgetting to schedule in time for trivial, like the stuff that just makes you feel good and actually makes you feel rested. Mm. So, yeah. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to, and pretty much on my calendar now, like Mondays I have, like I literally marked off very good well i'm honored that that it's this doesn't count we're here on a monday in the woods yeah this doesn't count as work though and that's the thing it's like this this is just fun like this podcast is fun for me (laughs) to talk to people and just have conversations this isn't by and if it is work god i love it you know like it's a good life right exactly so Let's talk about your alien a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so surgery, everything went well. Yeah. You're feeling great. Mm-hmm. And you posted a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And it really, because I think you were saying earlier, well, were you meaning you, this, you thought the scar would be like rugged or what they actually took out of you would be like this okay, alien so, type all right so the the background on this is um my surgery was an abdominal myomectomy which is to remove a fibroid a fibroid only women get them it's a muscle mass so essentially it's a tumor non-cancerous um mine was growing outside of my uterus and after the surgery we found out it had also attached itself to my colon um so my oh and it was it was like seven by eight by ten centimeters. It was big. It was big. It's big. And and yeah, Joe saw the picture that I posted on my Instagram <laughs> because I'm like, guys, look at this. It's so cool. It was like heart shaped. But so when I was talking about being afraid of the recovery and all that, um, yes, there's a scar. It looks like a C section scar. And my mind having so many body image issues I'm like I'm gonna have this awful scar Um, I thought I was gonna gain a ton of weight from not being able to move around and the physical things like the things that happened to my tangible body I was less afraid of as much as 
all of the healing and the recovery that was going to have to be done emotionally and mentally as as my body image issues came up as you know being at home and having to ask for help because I can't pick things up that are more than 10 15 pounds um, not being able to drive for a while having to slow things down recreating my routine to fit things that I can do you know I can't go to the gym every morning and, and lift weights whatever it is so that recovery was the stuff that I was the most afraid of and so now we're three weeks out and like I did really well and I'm I'm actually like on the good vibes bit uh-huh. I totally believe that I had one month to prepare for this and I got physically in shape but I mentally got in shape and I said body I know you're going to take care of me I know you're going to heal well like I know you've got this and then I had prayers and well wishes and good vibes coming in from everyone in my community and I think that really really helped yeah um, I'm because, a huge believer in oh my God. that it really works yeah you can say what you want but it really 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 does because i mean i mean i'm living proof right now i was driving within a week and i would also think probably just because of your activity prior and all the yoga and and all the stuff just helps everything heal much quicker yeah and being in a good mind space Mm -hmm. like knowing that like yeah i'm gonna be okay yep and i mean i just going from your personality like the silliness that you have and be like oh look at this alien that they took out of me <laughs> also helps yeah you know in that mindset not like oh my goodness i have this thing growing in me it was yeah. like you seemed really positive and silly it was cool about the whole <laughs> well i mean te- technically it's a tumor but like if you go and you say i have a tumor i have a 10 centimeter tumor in my stomach that's like heavy but if I go and I called it the grapefruit for two years like the two mm-hmm. years that I knew about it I was calling it the grapefruit because that's the size that it was um, and then when they took it out for whatever reason so I'd come to love this grapefruit because I really had issues with being a woman and and my female anatomy and all that like it just really I never really embraced it when I found out about my grapefruit I was like I think this is my body's sign to learn how to love your body for what it is And I started to love the thing, the grapefruit, too much Mm. to the point that I didn't really want it to go away. And the cool thing about mine was it was dying. It was in necrosis. So for two years, it didn't change in size, but the inside of it was dying. It was ready to go. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I had a name for it. Like, and I want, I, 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 uh, I related to it. So when it came out and I could finally see it outside of my body, for whatever reason, now it's, it's no longer my grapefruit. It's it's like the alien and now it's out but yeah it's i don't know it's like a and it was it was was, the whole thing was really cool and actually western science was legit like it removed this thing from my body (laughs) (laughs) western science is cool sometimes i mean i tried to get rid of it through ayurveda and through diet and through energy and like i believe in all that stuff too but sometimes you just have to to give in and say me allowing Western science to take this thing out of my body with a surgery is not me giving up on all the rest of the stuff that I believe in. And that was a huge thing for me of saying, I tried for two years to treat it naturally and holistically. That did not work. That doesn't mean I failed. Right. So I had to have some lightness around it. Mm -hmm. And I think more of the healing 
as it was part of you for two years was probably that attachment mm -hmm. to it as well. Just how we were talking earlier about Joe Dispenza. It's almost like you, you, the mind had become associated with it. Yeah. So then trying to heal something that you're like, ah, this is kind of part of me as well. The mind is probably like, well, wait a minute. Do you, do you want to heal this or do you want it to be your friend? Mm -hmm. So. Yep. And, and f after the fact, now knowing that it had also connected to my colon, mm -hmm. physically, there would have been no way for me to make it go away because what it would have done is just withered and I still would have had this like dead muscle hanging out between the two. So it needed to be surgically removed. There was no other way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and now here you are. You got to experience a little bit of retirement and yeah. just relax oh, and work on some fun projects. Exactly. It's pretty cool, too. I've always said being being a yoga teacher, having a hamstring injury, uh, having back problems, all those things made me a much better yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like I can finally kind of relate to like postpartum stuff uh -uh. because the lack of uh, my abdominal muscle use and, you know, like fearing diastasis and and all these things i never had any empathy for women going through that because i uh -huh. didn't know what it was like right. and now i'm like i can't lay on my back and put my knees 90 degrees over my hips i never realized that was hard <laughs> <laughs> so now i'm getting this whole other uh view through my experience of of how to be a better teacher and how to relate to people who have body things that i didn't have before so that's awesome yeah Nice. So, since you're a little traveling bee as well, yeah. where where are you off to next? And how long were you home for? You weren't home really that long. No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, so the the last time that I that I did this with you was right before I left for my my most recent trip. I was gone for three months. I went to uh, to Tenerife in Spain, Sri Lanka, and Bali. I came home in the end of June, and I've been here since then. So it, it's like three and a half months home almost. So you're on like a three, three, yeah. three. It's a sojourn. <laughs> it's a sojourn. So I was gone for eight, home for three and a half. Um, my next trip is on October 2nd. I'm flying into Colombia. <laughs> And I, I am getting so lax about this whole thing. I literally have a flight, a one-way flight into Colombia. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm leaving in two and a half weeks. No idea what I'm doing when I get there. I have no idea how long I'm staying. I am lucky I know how to speak the language, but like, I have no idea what's happening. Awesome. It's great. The only thing I do know is that I also have a flight to Sri Lanka from Philadelphia December 3rd. <laughs> so I have to come back. I'm going to be here for Thanksgiving for the first time in years. Nice. Um, but, yeah. But you don't know what you're doing in Colombia. You're I just kind of... Not really. I found a cheap flight. <laughs> <laughs> Two girlfriends that wanted to take their paid time off in Colombia. So I have no idea. I originally thought when I, I bought this ticket back in March, and I thought I was going to spend a few months and hike from, like, the top of Colombia you know, in my dreamland down to Patagonia, but mm -hmm. maybe at least to Peru, except um, post-surgery, I feel really great. However, I still can't carry a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. So my new plan is actually to go super minimalist, carry a backpack that's less than 15 pounds and figure out what I can do in Colombia like that. <laughs> figure out what I can do. Figure it out. <laughs> Who knows what that might be. <laughs> um, 
teaching or anything or just any kind of random online work or so in co- <laughs> because i've made no effort to pre-plan this mm-hmm. like a responsible adult i probably won't be teaching um that requires a little bit of planning uh i do still have my online like clerical thing that i can sometimes do it's hurricane mm-hmm. season so i can i can still do some of that as long as i get work sent to me so I'm bringing a tiny little laptop that's really quite sucky, but works well enough. Uh-huh. Um, and it may just be that, like, I show up and my uh, my purpose is to speak Spanish. And, like, that's my practice. Maybe that's what I'm going to do for three weeks. I'm just going to stay in one spot, speak Spanish, go salsa dancing, like, you know, whatever that is. Um, probably not teaching yoga, though. When I leave for Sri Lanka, I'm going straight to teaching yoga. So... Nice. Yeah. So, with your retirement, I'm going to plug myself a little bit, give myself a little pat on the Do back. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> you are starting to work on your Love Notes book. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you haven't, please subscribe to Gina's Love Notes because they're very sweet. They are. Um, and wh- how often? Once a week do they go they're out? They're once a week now, Once yeah. a week. And they're just love notes yeah and you have it is like a book that's already done you just kind of have to put it together whoever thought of that idea who could have thought of something (laughs) like that um no it's totally true the the last time i talked with joe we were we were talking about my love notes which um if you want them my website is yogi gg y-o-g-i-g-i-g-i and the love notes are a once a week email and joe pointed out because i was talking about this book that i've been wanting to write about my life experiences and all this stuff and he's like well basically you've already written a year's worth of love notes you've basically already written a book and i'm like you're a genius <laughs> <laughs> that's me um, that's if, you, if you didn't know i am also a creativity coach so if you want to hit me up just reach on out um yeah but that's a, I was so excited when I saw that post because I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, Cause it's there. It's there. It's there. Like, and it's easy. It's not. It's not even creative. Like it, I can say this. It's not even creative work because it's kind of just like heart work to to share this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's it's pretty much already written. All I have to really, do is it's just the hard part of like how re- to put it together, revising and... it into a publishing format. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's fun, um, and I'm not putting a lot of pressure on it. It's not something I need to do. It's just a gift that I want to like take from my creation and, and like make bigger. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, thanks for the. Oh, for sure. Thanks for the inspiration. I love doing that. You know, because sometimes I've recently uh, started working with a business coach. And he pointed out things about myself that I do every day that I didn't recognize I'm doing because I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you need someone else to be like, hey, you know, this is what you're really doing. Yeah. And it changed so much mm-hmm. of what I'm doing and what I'm offering now because there was part of me that was holding back from me like, I can't be a coach because I'm not officially certified to be a coach. But yet every time I'm with someone, I'm coaching them. You know, and I am actually signing up for uh, a, a coaching certification, and not because I feel like I have to, but I feel so connected to the people doing the training that I'm just like, I like these are my people. That's the so angry cool. therapist. Have you heard of the angry therapist? No, I haven't. Uh, his real name is John Kim. He has a 
blog and a podcast and the website's just called the angry therapist cool and it's just real no nonsense real shit that's awesome you're you're particularly good at and maybe maybe there's always somebody that like comes from the outside and points it out because you don't see it yourself but you are particularly good at taking your passions and your hobbies and the things you're good at and then creating them in a form that you can offer to the world so i think that this is like a very logical progression in your unfolding as a thank contribution you. to society thank <laughs> you thank you yeah and i you know but i needed someone to say hey hey mm-hmm. This is what you're doing. So we, we all need that. And it's great. Like, I feel so good. And I love it. Like, there's a couple of people that I'm working with. Because now I'm like, oh, right. Like, let's actually make time and, mm-hmm. and do this. And it feels so good. And I think that's what we should all be doing. Like, what are you passionate about? What's your purpose? Like, mm-hmm. we don't have to go sit somewhere and be miserable. Like, figure out what you enjoy. And then you get to sit in the woods Preach. on a Monday. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> and just have a good time and enjoy life. And be like, yeah, I am abundant in so many ways. I'm, I'm all about that. I mean, you know this. Like, I'm, I always warn people, if they come and they talk to me and they say something along the lines of, how do you live the life you're living? Or like, oh, I wish I could do that. I always give the warning. If you talk to me long enough, you will quit your job and figure out what you want to do with your life. <laughs> I literally, on Friday, I taught uh, my Creatively Manifesting Your Life class. And I literally started by saying, I am in no way, shape, or form telling anyone to quit your job. But you may quit your job. <laughs> I'm not telling you to quit, mm-hmm. but it may happen. Yeah. You know, quit your job. <laughs> quit. No, you don't even need. To, you know what? Though you don't even need to quit your job, but you do need to leave space in your life to do the things that you love, or to like have space to figure that out. Right. Because that's yeah. actually something that I've been realizing lately. Is I always thought. I personally, me, needed to turn my passion into my source of income. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that what I was doing, so I just finished reading Big, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Uh-huh. And one of the huge things that she said in there was quit putting your creativity to work, like like making it uh, your um, your bread and butter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I've realized that there are a lot of things that I'm passionate about, I'm creative with, However, when I was putting all the pressure on those things to bring me money, I was exhausting them and I was exhausting myself. And that's why now I'm fine saying, yes, I have a, a, a clerical job where I do this online and that pays me so that I can have the time to do these creative things. So like I have food on my plate while I'm trying to write or I have food on my plate while I'm trying to coach this person or while I'm trying to do whatever it is. And that took a long time for me to get to that place. However, for me, I'm I'm privileged enough that I've got I got there. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but it's work. Like it, we talked about it on the first work, one. Like yeah. it's it's definitely work. And I tell people like it is work. And from how we talked earlier in the car, from me removing marijuana from my life, it showed me how much time. I really have, you know, and I think a lot of us, it might not be marijuana, it might not be alcohol, but there are things that we're filling our time with, so we're not really recognizing what's happening in our life. And then when you slowly remove those things, like how much time are you maybe wasting on Netflix or 
scrolling, mm -hmm. you know, and then when you just make a little bit of time for yourself to start adding in what you really love, yeah. good things start to happen. And then and that's where the magic is. And how much time are we spending talking about how miserable we are? Oh, right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you didn't listen to Joe's rant yesterday about toxic positivity. <laughs> But it's true. We spend a lot of time living in our stories about how miserable we are and then not getting up and doing anything about it. And I say we because, like, me included. I do this plenty of times where I'm I'm stuck in my, my self-sabotaging anxiety or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And after I've stepped out of it, like, Gina, you just wasted a month there. What else could you have been doing if you hadn't been sitting there? So, Yeah, it's... it's <clears throat> One of the my biggest takeaways from probably being one of four men that have studied with Jennifer Pasteloff. Um, <laughs> it's mostly all ladies, yeah, it's you true. know, it's just... and then I show up and I'm like, hey, what's up, girls? <laughs> My name's Joe. But she has this wonderful saying, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shut up, mm -hmm. you know, and we talk about all the things that piss us off, but that we don't, don't do anything mm -hmm. to make any change yep. with those things. Yeah. So... You gotta change. Yep. Live intentionally. Live, live passionately. Do something. Right, right. And part of my rant yesterday was the whole, and I just learned this from the Abraham segment, intending. So literally, it being mindful, and not just saying I'm practicing mindfulness, but actually being mindful about every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to get coffee. There's going to be a spot right in front. There was a spot right in front when yeah, we rolled up to get our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no line. Literally everything I said yesterday about getting coffee, minus them giving us a free croissant, happened. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted the croissant anyway. I would have. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it, though. Um, but yeah, you just got to really set the intention and create the life you want and then put in the work because you have to put in the work. Word. Word. <laughs> so let's talk about dating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always say How in this we're just world, jumping. my goodness, I always say I'm like, I can talk forever about everything and like really confidently stand behind and be like, I have, I have advice. I have support. I know what I'm talking about. And then somebody comes to me with a relationship. I'm like, oh, <laughs> get out of here with that. <laughs> well, I think there may be some interesting similarities because you're always on the road right and traveling and there's something else that i want to touch on too the your red lips not that your red lips today mm -hmm. but the picture the other day with the mm -hmm. red lips because i think there's this issue with boys and girls anymore post me too ah that so last week gina posted a picture with red lips you looked great thanks yeah and I, someone commented and I felt safe to say what Beth said, you know, and I literally just said what Beth said mm -hmm. and had like the little lips because I was nervous if I said, wow, you look really hot. It would have been like, you're not allowed to say those mm -hmm. things. You know what I mean? So I think we're kind of in this new weird world that a dude can't say to a woman, you look good today yeah. without it like being construed and then because I work with a camera in my hand with beautiful women a lot I really can't say 
anything. Yeah. And the same with the dating, because then it's like, oh, well, you were cool. We just hung out for like three hours doing pictures. We really seem to get along, but I don't think I can ask you out for coffee because is that now blurring the lines? Yep. Yeah. I, you know, I feel for, because I'm, I am one of the, actually, I'm not, I'm not going to leave that, that line out. Catcalling has always been one of my biggest um, like it sets me off, and, and well, I don't think anyone should be catcalling. Right. So, so where I'm going with this is that, like, I know that I'm super sensitive with that stuff. However, I do have, I'm more aware of it now, um, snowball that into when a genuinely nice male says something that is um, commenting on looks. I have to really stop myself and say, okay he's just commenting because I put on red lipstick and I wanted to be seen and I wanted to look beautiful and he's acknowledging me for that. Um, but I'm so aware now that men also in this world, they have to tread very carefully. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a big conversation because, um, from both sides, it's, yeah, oh man. I don't even I don't even know where to go with it. Right, it's it's tricky. <laughs> it's, it's, tricky. it's very which I feel like and I don't want anyone to be like, "Oh, right, it's so tough, Joe. Like you're a white man." <laughs> you know, like but it is and I think that there's like it's sad on for both parts. Yeah. You know, that I can't say you look good today and you're also now not receiving that compliment yeah from not just from me but from probably there's probably a lot of men mm-hmm. out there that aren't saying anything anymore like I had yeah. this talk with my best friend and he mentioned something about a photo that I shared of a mutual friend of ours and he was like I really wanted to say you looked radiant mm-hmm. in that picture and he was like I didn't because I didn't know how that would come across mm-hmm. by just saying you look radiant. Yeah. I'm but like, then that poor woman never... doesn't know that she's radiant. Right. I mean, she knows that she's radiant. Right, but but like... just to get that little, like, maybe she was having a shitty day yeah. and that would have been like, oh, wow, I do look good today. Yeah. I am radiant. You know? So we're in this weird, weird space. But so they're, they're like my issues with, like, because I was on a shoot yesterday with three lovely ladies and they were like, so who are you dating? And I'm like, I'm not dating anyone. I have really haven't dated anyone in a really long time. And they're like, what? I thought you, one woman said, I thought you were a serial dater. Ouch. <laughs> I know. I'm like, no, no. Sometimes I wish I was. I'm like, but no, I haven't really been out there doing that yeah. at all. Because it's tricky. Mm-hmm. So same for you. Like if you're always on the road. Yeah, for me it's tricky, and in, in a it's tricky, one hundred percent it's tricky. <laughs> it's tricky in a different way, and I think anyone that is um, living nomadically or, or traveling a lot, um, whether that's abroad or like in the U.S., like musicians, I, mm-hmm. many of my musician friends can empathize with this. Everything is transient all the time, and it's very difficult to have. Um, to put a lot of energy into connecting and committing to someone when you know that you don't know where you're going to be three months from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I left for my last trip, I was in, essentially it was a six-week relationship where it was like, it was, you know, I thought I was in love and it was like, it was very challenging for me to leave. And then I was gone and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to happen. Like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> um, and 
ultimately, so, so yeah, the, the struggle is basically wanting to have connections with people and wanting them to be meaningful connections and wanting to, to understand what is commitment in those connections when it means that you're going to go somewhere else and maybe not see that person for, you know, ever again or for not six months or something like that. And, uh, my, my most recent musings on this, um, have come from the universe is crazy in the way that it just kind of like, I I think about something and then it just starts dropping all these things, like an episode from friends, a phone call from my friend in New Zealand, like, you know, something pops up on my Instagram feed. But what I've been trying to explore is this idea of open relationship. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I'm, I am not talking about going and like sleeping with everyone that, that looks at me. That's not it. <laughs> That's not it. Um, in fact, my sex life is very, very, very slow. Um, but rather looking at, okay, so I have a friend who is, he's an artist and he's, his, the way he sees the world is absolutely magnificent to me. I'm going to call him Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Just your average Joe. There's a lot of Joes in my world. Um, I'm going to call him Joe. So, like, Joe can look at that tree and say, that's a lovely tree. My connection to this tree is this. Um, this This is a human. My connection to this human is this that person over there and like just see everything and how he connects to it Mm -hmm. and I realize that that's ultimately what I want in my life with all things I want to be able to say my relation to this person thing place whatever it is is like this my relation to this one is like this and that that me my energy my love my commitment is not a pie Mm -hmm. it's not like taking one piece takes away from the pie but it's more of a well um, so yeah, the place I'm with, I'm at right now is kind of being okay with this idea of open love and saying, I'm going to love this person. I'm going to connect with this person. I'm going to commit with this person and also say, if my connection over here is really good, I'm going to do that too. And the, the challenge to that is being human and saying, you're also allowed to do that. Like right. that tree can have a connection with everyone that sits on that rock. Right. And that's the thing. I think it really comes down to communicating. And we really are, we don't communicate well enough. Mm -hmm. And because of just society, we're really kind of taught, like, you can really only love or have that kind of connection with one person. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's like, no, I can have these kinds of connections with anyone. Mm -hmm. It's just being able to express it so everyone is aware of it so i have a friend we'll call him joe as well okay (laughs) and he was telling me about some things that's going on with him and he's like i just want to be able to have deep meaningful connections with people and if some of those deep meaningful connections happen to have a sexual aspect to them fine like not every connection is going to have that Mm -hmm. but some of them may have it and like you said it's not like this joe is going to sleep with everyone that looks at him Mm -hmm. but there may be a Susie and another susan that those connections are with Uh you know but you have to be able to say Susie, susan over here and i kind of have the same thing that you have Mm -hmm. different but same and 
when you sent me the Facebook message about like different things to talk about and you put in open relationships, I instantly thought, isn't that really just what dating is? And somehow, <laughs> again, in this weird world that we're in, like now dating is really like, well, we're in an open relationship. Are we or are we just dating? Yeah. No, it's so true because, okay, so really like when you think when you think of um, I'm dating this person, I haven't somebody had a boyfriend, like proper boyfriend since 2010 or something, mm-hmm. 2011. But like when you say, okay, you are my boyfriend, we are in this, this, uh, this kind of relationship to each other, does that mean that you are incapable of connecting to other people? Like, no. So honestly, yeah, anything you're doing, dating, even if you have a committed relationship, really is to some extent, you have to be open. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to let yourself connect with other people. Otherwise, how are you going to grow? How are you going to know that you still choose that person every single day? Um, And then that communication thing comes in. And this is, there's one friend in particular who I'll also call Joe, um, (laughs) just to keep it easy, um, who we have these conversations all the time. We'll talk for like an hour about like, okay, so if, if, if we had an open relationship in this scenario, do you have to tell the other person? Oh, maybe, maybe. Okay. In that one, yes. In that scenario, do you have to tell the other person? And it really does get tricky. Like which scenarios does it matter? And that's where the communication thing comes in. Right. And people get so scared with just, no, this is, these, these are my needs Mm -hmm. and these are my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And how do you fit in? This is all the stuff that I'm learning from the the angry therapist. (laughs) And this other guy, I I think his name is Mark Groves. I love him. He's the creator love. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So good. Him and his girlfriend just broke up and I'm like dying about it. Right. I thought they broke up. Oh my God. I'm so sad. (laughs) But but the like the way that they're just like you no know, just talk yeah. to people let yeah. people know how you're feeling and i've been trying to do that in all aspects of my life and just be really clear with my communication mm-hmm. and i've been noticing how things get easier yeah you know like and we don't always have to think like oh this is going to be a hard conversation to have you know like no this is just me and this is the way i feel and i shouldn't feel bad yeah for feeling the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're able to do that all the time. And this was when I was, I was writing, I was journaling this morning. Like what will, what will Joe and I talk about the the Joe in front of me? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, I was writing all this random stuff and I I wrote the word communication and I underlined it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Because all these things that I could possibly talk about, this is a huge one. And you know, with the Joe, there's, there's, uh, there was a point where every single day, this Joe and I would, would ask, how are you today? what's going on and it was funny because like originally the first couple lines were like oh my back hurts like my my finger is broken whatever it is but then you start talking about feelings and then you start talking about your own feelings and your feelings in relation to the other person and your feelings about the world but when it became a habit to do that every single day mm-hmm. and always show up with the willingness to fully communicate and not hide something it just got so easy because there was there was no unpacking each day. It was just there. It right. was just like a brand new plate on the table. And if we could do that all the time with everyone we meet, you know, the first couple times I always joke, I, I ask people, how are you? And I really mean it. Uh-huh. And sometimes people will ask me that and I really tell them the answer. And the first couple times they're like, whoa, <laughs> <You> <laughs> I asked. didn't mean it. I just wanted you to say <laughs> fine. <laughs> 
but the first couple of times they're thrown off but then after a while people start realizing oh when i show up to gina she's going to be real mm-hmm. i can do the same thing and if we did that all the time with everyone we are in relation to it would be such a beautiful world <laughs> right exactly but it's like we're in this world of swipe left swipe right mm-hmm. however it works I don't know um and then we're we're like showing up to these spaces or these people and we're trying to like act in a way that like they want us to act you know like how can i impress you yeah where can i take you for dinner so you're like impressed and it's not there's no real communication happening and then all of a sudden like there might be a little connect and then like six months from now you're in this relationship with someone and you don't even know who they are because neither one of you were actually being your most authentic self because you're trying to be this like impressive yeah yeah like this is a cool thing that so one thing that is really nice about the transience of meeting people when you travel is that there's no time for that mm-hmm. um, you show up you meet someone and you kind of you get a, a first impression if it's good maybe you get a second impression but you know one of one of my girlfriends that travels with me all the time we joke we're like in travel relationships it's normal to move in together after two weeks <laughs> like it's totally normal <laughs> in fact it's the only way to save money right <laughs> but like it's you you and you have those situations like you're saying we're six months down the road you're like do i really know this person but because we know that that's how it works you do actually you need to connect on a deeper level much sooner mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to be living in bali with some stranger and i'm like <laughs> how did i get here right exactly so, and just like the so through the angry therapist um, him and his business partner have a podcast called, I think it's called like Catalyst Coaching Podcast. And it's all about coaching because they're trying to sell their coaching program. Mm-hmm. But they go back and forth and it's like episodes are really short, only like 15, 20 minutes. But it's like they'll pick like a coaching topic and mm-hmm. kind of work it back and forth on each other. So you're kind of getting the gist of how it works. And the one episode, it was like the, they only did maybe like 10 questions, but it was like 50 questions to ask the person that you're dating and they're not like the scary questions but just like who would you have to, who would you like to have dinner with if you can have dinner with anyone i've done this before so and it's super fun it's right? so and you fun really and got to know people there was there was something published in like the new york times or something years ago it was 36 questions to fall in love and yes, it was i remember yeah. that and i did this with a joe <laughs> of course with a joe <laughs> with a joe and it's crazy because the the culmination of it is you're supposed to eye gaze for four minutes and mm-hmm. it's like basically by the time you're done 36 questions four minutes of eye gazing like you're falling in love but those those 36 questions they're not about your relationships they're not about um sexual preferences they're not about any of that stuff it's yeah who would you like to have dinner with how's your relationship with your mom like and all these things and when you actually let someone answer those questions openly and you really receive them that's when you really get to know someone yeah it's not do you prefer your coffee black or with sugar you know right (laughs) Right. exactly and another thing from um i'm all over the angry therapist today he also just wrote a new book that's called i used to be a miserable fuck Mm -hmm. and it's about his life and being married and what he learned from divorce and all that stuff and one of the things uh, like the way the book is written, it's like all of these steps. It was like whatever step twenty six. Don't ask your partner about their previous sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. It's not going to help anyone. 
And all it's going to do most likely for the man is make him more jealous, feel inadequate. And even though it might start out as like this, tell me, it's never going to end good. Mm -hmm. But there's something with the man, like we can't experience pain. We don't deal with pain. (laughs) We were just talking about pain earlier and how I don't enjoy pain at all. Um, and Gina was telling about her massive pain and going to hang out in the woods. And I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, but seriously, like, there's no need, you know? Like, if you're with someone, you're with them, yeah. you know? Like, knowing about their past sexual experiences, it's not going to help. No. You know what the question is? What's your fantasy? You should be asking about what you want in the future. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. That would be a great question. Not, so tell me, how many people did you have sex exactly. with? Really? Who wants to know that question no. unless you're that insecure? Yeah. So, boys, if you're listening, don't ever don't ask, ask that, that question. question. Yeah. And girls, don't. Like, yeah. there's just no point to well, it. Well, this is, so this actually reminds me of something. Um, I, I journaled for the full moon the other day, and one of the first things I wrote was, I read it the next day. I'm like, good job, Gina. Like, you came up with that. Was <laughs> about my own self-worth being freestanding mm-hmm. and it not depending on all, the, you know, I'm talking about all these connections and relations to other people, not having my self-worth have anything to do with any of those other people. And that ties into that too. Like, how many people you've slept with or, you know, what your preference is for this or what you think of my love note or how I write or how I sing, that does not actually impact my own Uh self-worth. And we forget that. Yeah. Like, it's truly only up to me how I feel about myself. Yeah. Your opinion is valid, sure, but it doesn't matter. It does not change who I am at the least. Yes. I've recently had a, a big breakthrough with that. And from doing my GoFundMe, I really realized that in my past, I was putting a lot of my self-worth and just how I felt about myself on what other people thought or said. And some people said some things through the process and it pushed me over this edge of like, I don't, I really don't care anymore. And it felt like uh, all of these rocks were lifted off Mm -hmm. of me. And I was just like, oh, I can finally breathe and just be me. Yeah. And that's why I started doing the the Sunday coffee talks because now I can just literally, I don't care what anyone thinks. Like I can just, this is the thought that popped into my head. Maybe it'll help someone. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll piss somebody off. Whatever. Yep. Figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm still stuck on a, my parents read and listen to a lot of the things I do. Mm. So I'm, that's the, that's the rock that's still staying on me is like, don't disappoint mom and dad. Don't disappoint mom and dad. Well, I think I love it that you said that because my, so I also started, you know, putting out some YouTube videos on on just on like here, how to like manifest something or how to do this or something from a book that I'm reading. And I try to incorporate some pretty visuals in it and stuff. So I put them out and my mom started watching. And I did one, it's called the hidden manifest like the hidden manifestation tips in the Bible or hidden in plain sight in the Bible ways to manifest. And just like ask and you shall receive. Like believe and you'll receive, you know, all those uh-huh. kinds of things. And she watched and was like, "Wow, that was really good. Like I felt like I was just in church." And then her and my dad have been listening to the podcast and listening to these things and she'll call like send me texts and be like oh everything you said today was so good (laughs) but I was like that at first like what are they gonna think oh my goodness like yeah and getting the that approval yeah has been the best thing 
ever. Mm -hmm. Just like my mom being like, I am so proud of you for saying what you think. And not thinking that I'm like crazy or this lunatic, but really actually hearing what I'm saying and understanding that, because for the longest time, my mom would be like, oh, you don't believe the same kind of thing that I believe. And you believe in God, but in this different way. And now I think that she's really hearing me. She's like, oh, right, it is. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same God. Yeah. It's, that's cool, like, when parents start to, to understand that stuff. My, my method of um, letting my parents see me in that sense now is I use my love notes. <laughs> and this is, this is not like an intentional, like, oh, my, I just need to tell my parents this. I, I have to write a love note to everyone on my mailing list. But what I do is, like, I'm like, I'm really feeling this. This is really real for me right now. Both my parents get and read my love notes. But I'll put it in my love note, and it's basically kind of like I drop it in their inbox, and then I walk out the door, and I'm like, if they, they read it, I know they read it. If they want to talk about it, they can. And that's, you know, that's not always the best tactic. Like the day before I left for my last eight month trip, I, I put in my love note that I, you know, I wrote about how I was suicidal in high school <laughs> and, and my, my parents were like, both of them c called me separately and they're like, how did we not know this? <laughs> and I felt pretty bad about that. But, um, you know, that's my, my tiptoeing into being vulnerable with everyone mm -hmm. because we do care about what our parents think. Yeah. It's super it's super important, but. But it's a nice way to actually get, yeah. instead of sitting there like, mom, let's talk. Yeah. You know, it's like this nice, yeah. nice way of, of getting that out there. And since we talked on, uh, we hit on God a I little bit. I knew it was bit, coming. We'll, I knew it was coming. We'll, we'll round, we'll round out our conversation talking about, talking about God. Yeah. So you said you're more of a little G. What does that really mean? So I will, I grew up uh, like I got confirmed and all that stuff. And the last time I went to church was when I was 14 years old. And I asked the priest, do you really believe in God? <laughs> and that was my, that was kind of where I left it. And and the reason being, I was extremely depressed. Like I, I mentioned, I was suicidal when I was younger. And I, I, I was like, what kind of God could allow a 14 year old girl to feel this way? So I kind of gave up on all that. It wasn't until I started studying yoga and Daniel Shankin started teaching about um, the Hindu deity stories and I, I was like this is the best thing ever I mean I'm wearing a Ganesha shirt now like the stories of gods that have elephant heads or that jump up and take a bite out of the sun I could grasp those because mm -hmm. I don't think that anyone is trying to make me believe that there is actually a monkey god that took a bite out of our sun <sighs> so I could hear the story and hear that what was behind the story was what was important. Right. And through that, I actually started caring more about faith. Mm -hmm. um, so my idea of big G versus little G, I guess, I mean, I guess I would be okay with saying there's a big G, except for me, the big G God is also synonymous with the universe, the one with the capital O, mm -hmm. um, the divine, all these things. And all those things are, are easy enough for me to define. I just had this this stigma against Judeo-Christian faith. And then recently, the universe is, is so funny, asking you shall receive. I, this past three months while I've been home, I've actually ended up in tears a couple of times where I'm like, I just want God to ask me to talk to him. And and I'm, I'm putting the hymn on it. I don't agree with that. But um, I wanted this. And a Joe invited me to church. And I'm like... 
all right, I'm in, I'm going. <laughs> and it just so happens that the, the lecture that I went to, the topic was real love. Hmm. And if there's any sign from the universe that, that like, try this out, listen, really be here, be present. The topic of what is love and real love coming up on the day that I decided to go to the church for the first time in, you know, nearly two decades, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so now I'm in this, this new exploration of faith, religion, and I don't know where it's going to go, but it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> I, like growing up, I've, I really didn't buy into what the guy on the stage was saying. Mm -hmm. Like it just didn't feel connected to it. And, but I felt connected to something like from the time I was five years old, this weird experience happened during a thunder and lightning storm at my house. And I swear I heard God say, don't be scared. I'm with you. Plain as day. I heard a voice say, don't be scared. Woke my family up. They laughed at me. My mom was like, that was God. But I felt that like there was something. Mm -hmm. And every time we would go to a church, I'm like, he doesn't have that something. You know, like it just didn't. But I felt that it was everywhere. And and I always felt that. And then when I moved to Philly in 98, I got uh, Neil Donald Walsh's book, Conversations with God. And I was like, this is everything that I've been thinking since I was five years old. And then I started practicing Kundalini yoga and actually felt like the energy mm -hmm. in things. And one of Yogi Bhajan's quotes is, if you can't see God in all, you can't see God at all. I'm like, oh, snap. Mm. There you go. So it's like all around us. And then I instantly like had this flashback of being a kid and the Bible and that we're born in the image of like image and likeness of God. But then all of a sudden we're sinners, you know? like but wait a minute but why does it say it in your book that we're mm -hmm. born in the image and likeness of god but then you're telling me i'm a sinner and god lives in a in a, in a cloud yeah and, but heaven is also within but only if i say the right prayer like not, none of this is adding up and then with the yogi bhajan quote i'm like wait a minute god is everywhere god is me god is you god's in all of us god's the trees amen like, <laughs> all of the things like it's the universe it's whatever you connect with like stop limiting this amazing being that mm -hmm. supposedly created everything mm -hmm. we're going to put these limits on that it's only this way to yep. find them you know yeah and then that really like changed everything that's when my mom was like oh i don't understand what you're saying now she's getting it now you're getting it mom i know you're listening yeah. this is this is how like so when i say that like the hindu stuff started to get me interested in this one of the things that i love about them is that all the hindu deities are flawed yeah like they're all flawed mm -hmm. and I liked that because that's like, you know, when we say, okay, we are, uh, we're, we're put here in the image of God, you know, in, in Hinduism, they'll say we are, uh, you know, it's like the Shakti Shiva, we're Prakriti, we're like the form of God mm -hmm. and we're flawed. And then in Judeo-Christian, we're also put here and we're flawed. And like our purpose in a way is to figure out how to find that divine again and basically, it's just opening your eyes and realizing it's everywhere. We're part of it. We're already here with it. We just have to like, we just have to be good. We just have to be good. <laughs> yeah, be a good person. Just be good. I um the love note that I I went or I was sent out right after I went to to church. I went to church. That's a crazy thing to say. Um, <laughs> the the topic of that one, the the subject line was sex, love, and God. And I'm like, people are going to click on this one. <laughs> I wrote a whole blog on it too. And I'm like, but it was amazing because when I finally let myself 
sit back and say, I'm not going to be so, so um, judgmental towards myself and towards the word God. I defined God and I defined love, God for like my terms of what it is, God and love. And they were synonymous. They were the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we could very well call this podcast like Sex, Love, love and God. And, and it's all just the, it's all the same. Yeah. It's all our ability to connect to different things and, and appreciate and celebrate and honor them as though that tree is God and you are God and my coffee is God and, and I love all of them. And, and yeah. yeah, when you can sit back in that, it's kind of like you're high. It's like, oh, my God, life is great. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like because then you're really connecting to all of it. And like, right. There's no separation. No. And it's just so... I'm, I've been so in the in this Abraham world, and Esther, who channels Abraham, always says it's just delicious. It's just delicious when you get into that space of realizing yeah. that it's all like it's it's all of this. It's these yeah. wonderful trees that are turning a wonderful yellow yeah. color. I I was writing about this the other day because when I'm when I'm thinking about um open relationship stuff. And like, there's, you know, there's people in my life who I'm like, well, I would like to have a meaningful connection with this person, but I understand that that person is connected to that person as well. And there's definitely the part in my brain that like has jealousy, Mm -hmm. but then I can actually sit back and say, well, if I believe that that person and that person are both part of God, universe, the one, all this stuff, I'm allowed to actually feel the joy that they're getting. Right. And there's a word for this. I don't, I cannot remember what it was, but there's a word for this where like, even the things that at some point might make you kind of sad, if you step back and you realize the the holiness and the divinity and the shared experience of it all, almost nothing is bad. Nothing is stressful. Like, yeah. It's just all good. Yeah. It's, I, I sometimes feel like I don't smoke weed, but I sometimes feel like I'm just sitting back. I'm like looking around the world like I'm stoned. I'm just like... Yeah, man. <laughs> Groovy. Well, you are. You're stoned. You're high on life. I'm high on life, man. Church is everywhere, man. I'm high on the God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is so good. What a perfect way to um, to wrap things up. Thank you for uh, coming for to hang in the woods. Me. I'm so happy we came into the woods. Yeah, this is good. Um. So tell us again, where can they find you? Where can they you subscribe can to Love me. Notes? Yeah, so my my primary website, which is not updated all that often, is Yogi Gigi. It's Y-O-G-I-G-I-G-I dot com. Uh, you can get Love Notes on there. If I am teaching somewhere, you can get updated on that. Um, I use my Instagram a lot, uh, and that's at Gina M. Yoga. Gina is G-I-N-A. And then I'm also going to plug just like really short because it's like basically a fetus it's not even an infant yet but it's a fetus project that i'm working on with one of my nomad uh soul sisters and it's actually called nomad soul sisters we do have a website and an instagram um it's going to end up becoming a community for uh nomadic women with an x in the women because we're Mm. inclusive um but yeah so follow me on these things but i'll link all of the things in the show notes as well thank you yeah mostly i want to send you love notes because that's what i really that's that's like that's my jam i like doing that so yeah and definitely subscribe because they're they're good they're filled with love obviously and i've been asking people this at the end what's what what would be one book recommendation that you would oh man i know it's a hard one i know because there's so so many so i think I think I'm going to just, I'm going to go with the one that I like 
most recently read. Because all of my book recommendations are actually the cliche books, like The Alchemist and yeah. Siddhartha and Ishmael and stuff like this. But I just finished Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I think a lot of people have probably read this book, but especially since we're on like Inspired Creativity podcast, mm-hmm. I think that this is a very applicable one. So Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She talks about her creative process, but just cre- shows uh, creativity as this entity that we are really blessed when it comes into our lives and to treat it in that way. Um, if you are a writer or a creative or an artist or a musician or just have a passion that you want to see manifest, I highly suggest it. Awesome. Awesome. I will also link that in the show notes. And with that, it's like I'm, I've been on this big kick that we really are infinite creative beings. Mm-hmm. And we just need to tap into all of all of the goodness that's mm-hmm. inside. And let it out. Come get high with us, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cheers. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Have a great week, everybody. I'll be back on Sunday with some coffee talk. Have a great day. <laughs>